Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you planned out today. Very excited. We have the return of Satch. It has been a while. Matt, always good to see you every week. Awesome to have you again. Now, while I'm excited, y'all should be excited too. Like the show, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, do all those good things so you get your emails in the morning every time that we go live, which is, of course, every day. Now, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, anything at all, by all means, put them up in the comment section and we will engage them as they come up, kind of like this one, Winterstorm, good afternoon, afternoon team, and Salty's in here, morning all, Chris and Winterstorm, awesome. So, today, we are going to be talking about a culture of sacrifice, and uh, before we get into that, it has been a while, so Satch, hit me with a 15 second, 10 to 15 second, who you are, where you come from, all of that good stuff. Sure, man, I'm Satch, uh, law enforcement officer, 18 years, alternate at ultra endurance athlete and uh fundraiser bam under 10 seconds i like it matt do you want to give us a, a rundown as well yeah sure um ex-military turned cook turned health coach turned still in school just that kind of guy i like it i like it all right so culture of sacrifice here we go i have a definition i went to uh chat gpt to actually pull this one up I, I, quite surprised by it but um it says a culture of sacrifice typically refers to a societal or organizational environment where individuals are expected or encouraged to prioritize the greater good or the needs of the group over their personal desires or interests in such a culture people may willingly give up their own comfort resources time or even personal ambitions to contribute to the well-being of the community organization or a specific cause Sacrifice is often seen as a virtue in these cultures. And there are a number of them throughout history that we could pull up, but I want to go to the panel. I'm going to start with Matt. When you hear the culture of sacrifice, what is it? What are your first thoughts on it? Uh, my first thoughts is like pretty much what you described is, is giving up something, either like a personal comfort or um, some other aspect, something for the greater good like i hate to be like a star trek nerd here but you know the the good of the group is outside the one um but it's it doesn't have to be external to a group too it could be also be towards yourself to giving up something for yourself from yourself for yourself to make it a better outcome right so like sacrificing the ability to go out and party all night long right because with that sacrifice then I can actually get up in the morning and go for a run or do whatever I got to do to better myself, not just think in the short term. Mm -hmm. I like that. Satch, first thoughts? Oh, man, it's been a while. Let me think. Um, <laughs> culture of sacrifice. I guess I haven't been involved with too many organizations that have been had adopted a culture of sacrifice. I mean, it's been some time since I've been. So I guess for me, when I think of culture of sacrifice, I just think about personally what's required to do certain things. And, and in order to do certain things, sacrifices have to be made in order to achieve a goal. So that's kind of the first thing that pops in my head. Absolutely. Sean, first thoughts? Well, I wasn't sure what my first thoughts were until Matt said um, the or um, presented the idea of making our own sacrifices our own internal sacrifices through the um trajectory of not going out and partying tonight so that you can run tomorrow and so you know that but it's not a sacrifice 
it, it's not a sacrifice for me if that's what I do. It's a sacrifice for maybe the group that I didn't go and join in on. But if, if I see a higher calling or a higher mission or a higher sense of myself on how I want to perform better or support better or be better, um, then that's not a sacrifice to me. That That is what you're supposed to do. Um, the sacrifice, in my opinion, would be going to the party, if that makes sense. Like I would be sacrificing myself to go to a party and not run the following day. I hope that makes sense. Interesting, Matt. You got any thoughts on that? No, it's it's. I, I like what you, Sean, saying, and I think it's just like the opposite side of the same coin. It's all about opportunity costs, right? The uh, the cost of me taking this opportunity to go dance. P.S. I dance alone, not with parties, so the rest of the people don't care. I'm there because I'm no with them. Um, to go run the next day or be physically active is is exactly the same thing you're saying, just on the opposite spectrum, where it's like you are giving up the chance to go for a run to go party at night. I I kind of like it and agree with you 100 percent on that one. Sash, you got any thoughts? I guess then it, I guess we have to figure out who we're talking about when we're talking about sacrifice. Because if we're talking about the individual, yeah, Sean's right, man. Because like I don't look at anything when when you're trying to achieve a goal as a sacrifice because you know it's necessary to attain something. So for example, like um, yeah, like for me, I you know some people might think I've sacrificed a ton of things to continue on whatever I'm doing. But um, at the end of the day, I don't look at it as much of a sacrifice because I enjoy every process, everything that I'm doing, so it's fun. So I guess it depends on how we define sacrifice. Absolutely. Now, I was thinking that really what you're sacrificing is the norm. That's in terms of if, you're, if you want to sacrifice something for your... If you're going to sacrifice something of yours for your future, what you're sacrificing is whatever your norm is. So for Sean, it is, I got to sacrifice my morning PT or my ride or my whatever in order to go to this party. But for someone that parties on a normal basis, they then have to sacrifice the party for whatever it is they want to do, whatever that next PT session is. So I'm wondering, where do you think the, uh, when, let's say building a culture of sacrifice within yourself, do you think that's a, a good thing to do where on a regular basis to try and build that culture within yourself to be able to sacrifice what your norm is for something new? Or do you think perhaps that it is a a negative, a detraction or, or something like that? Sean, I'm going to come to you first. What do you think? Well, I think uh, for you're on to a good trajectory here. I think it's a good topic or a good direction that we can take the conversation. But before answering any of that, I think got to get to the definition of what is what norm are we talking about the norm that is imposed upon us by society or the no, the norm that we impose upon ourselves and my norm is not society's norms my expectations of how things should work are different than how society thinks things should work and how we should perform or how we should sacrifice or the cost that we have to pay to achieve the excellence that we're seeking my norm is not society's norm and so then the big question back to you and maybe more correctly to the panel is what norm are we talking about? Satch, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think when we're talking norms, if we're living a normal quote unquote life, you, you know, you get up, you go to your nine to five, 
I go to school, whatever the things are that are normal. I guess if at that point, if one decides they don't want to live that life and they want to do better or do different, then sacrifices are required in order to move in a different direction. So I think maybe at the beginning of changing one's direction, sacrifices are required for that ultimate goal. And maybe there's a transitional period where there are sacrifices. But I think over a period of time, those aren't sacrifices eventually because the behaviors have eventually changed to a certain degree that it just becomes your new normal. Interesting. Matt, thoughts? No, I like the idea of that like normal has to be defined. And there's a lot of people who don't want to be normal to that standard, right? Like to be able to not a lack of fitting in, but a lack of just being different and for themselves, not for the group, right? Um, I I don't think that I'm a normal person, honestly. Like I have a tendency to go left and everyone's going right. And I don't know if that's like part of the engineers in me or something, you know, find the obstacle, find a different path. Don't stick to the norm. But um, it's interesting when you put the concept of normality into with sacrifice because a sacrifice for something that's not normal for me could be something that's horrific for someone else. It's very true. Now, so in terms of the norm, uh, I would, I'm going to postulate here for, for us to get us started down the, uh, the track. Let's talk about the societal norm. Then let's talk about what is expected of us in general or, what we see, because I, I believe our normal, most people don't spend the time to understand what our normal is, right? <laughs> like it wasn't until recently as doing the collective that I sat down and go, what is my norm? What is my baseline? What do, what do I do on a regular basis? And then decided to change it. So let's use society as a norm because I don't think most people have taken the time to actually determine what their norm is. With And with that then, do you think that a, uh, a creating a culture of sacrifice within the societal norm would be a good thing or detraction? Come back to you, Sean, what do you think? Well, I think that um, a lot of people out there are ordinary. I'm going to, how long do I have to pause to let that sink in? Is, was that, is this long enough? A lot of people out there are extremely ordinary. And the only way that you can change that state is to do extra, to become extraordinary. So now you get to decide, do you want to be ordinary or do you want to be extraordinary? And most people, if they're being honest with themselves, don't like the term, you're freaking ordinary, bro. You are ordinary. There's nothing about you that is extraordinary. People don't like to hear that. But guess what? That's what you are, unless you're doing extra. That's truly the definition of extraordinary, is taking ordinary, doing extra, to become notably extraordinary. And there's a cost to that. There's a sacrifice to that. And I think it's lost on a lot of people. That in order to be more, you have to spend more. And not like on Amazon. You've got to spend more of your own money, of your own energy, of your own mind, your emotions, your psychology. 
you have to spend. There's a cost to becoming extraordinary. There's not much of a cost to remaining ordinary. And it comes down to, in my opinion, that what we're really talking about is whether someone wants to pay the price or not. Mike drops a bound. Matt, what are you thinking? Yeah, I like the last part there where it's, it's yeah, do you want, it's, is it a payment instead of actual just sacrifice? I mean, because you're right, like sacrifice, giving up something. I mean, if I'm in a fist fight, I take a hit for my buddy because he can't take a hit. That's, that might be a little bit of sacrifice, but am I paying the piper for getting hit in the head? Maybe, but yeah, no, Sean, I got nothing on that one, buddy. Like that is deep and like, you're right. Like it is about, do you wish to be more than what you are? Are you willing to pay the price to take the sacrifices? And yeah, 99% of the people around are ordinary Joes and they just want comfy and not to push the limits. Interesting. Thatch, what are you thinking? <clears throat> I'm thinking of a conversation I had with Sean two and a half years ago. <laughs> Popped right into my head. <clears throat> when um, I was uh, working regularly in law enforcement and I was trying to do a thing. I was trying to train. I was trying to run. I was trying to do all this kind of stuff. And and I thought I had sacrificed a bunch of things. I was like, oh, man, I'm giving up this. I'm giving up that. All these types of things to move in a certain direction. And <laughs> Sean's like, yeah, you haven't given up anything yet, bro. You got to – there's a lot more you got to do here to chase that extraordinary and I had no clue what he was talking about because I thought I had sacrificed a ton at that point. But I understand now um, what um, what's really required to really chase something to be an outlier. And I think most people don't really understand how much work is involved and what's really required to be an actual outlier. I'm not even close to being that. And I got like three, four, five more years to kind of grind against it. So I think uh, I personally never wanted to be ordinary and I'm just working towards to being extraordinary. So that's what I'm thinking about. I wonder if, <clears throat> if perhaps most people don't even realize that they're ordinary. I think that <laughs> the concept of, you know, 90% of the population saying, oh yeah, you know, 90, there's only like 10% of people that aren't ordinary. They're extraordinary. I think if you were to ask every single person along the line, every single person would think that they were extraordinary just based off of the fact that they, they, that's their norm. They know what their norm is and they look at other people and well, they're normal, but I'm not normal. And I do love the fact that, uh, Sean, you mentioned this, that it requires the, the blood, sweat and tears of effort in order to get anything that you want. But at the core of it, you still have to know what you want. <laughs> like You still have to begin at the very beginning, know what you want. And in order to do that, you have to sacrifice some of your time, some of your effort, some of your blood, some of your sweat, some of your anything to figure that out. And then, at least in my mind, I think then you have to sacrifice your ego to then get to the next spot because you have to realize where you are. And if you think that you're, you know, a space shuttle door gunner, because you went to a three-day class over the weekend, <laughs> then uh, there, there, there might be some disparity between those two points, John. Well, uh, I do have, uh, since you mentioned Space Shuttle Door Gunner, which is fascinating, because this morning 
I was I listened to two podcasts this morning. One was uh, What's Your 20 with uh, Seb Lavoie and the host of the podcast. And then the second podcast I listened to was uh, Kate Stewart's Shoot Like a Girl podcast where she had, I'm going to mispronounce the individual's name, Captain Aaron. I've forgotten her last name. Anyway, she's literally like a, a space scientist, for lack of a better term. She joined the Canadian Armed Forces and she did this, that, and the other thing, then got into helicopters, then she's aviation, and then she's et cetera, et cetera, working her way up the chain. Like, not like pursuing a dogmatic single outcome, but just working her way up through being more and more awesome until now she's like representing, and I'm going to paraphrase here, representing the space side of things for Cansoft Calm. I mean... That, that ain't just your average Joe or Juliet. But you know what the funny part is? Average Joes and average Juliets who are in whatever industry might think that they're super freaking rad. But they've just never contextualized it against people who are super freaks. Like she is. So as I was listening it, to it this morning, I shot Kate Stewart a, a DM and said, wow. You know, like... Listening to these kind of things, these kind of podcasts, should give you contextuality of how not a big deal you are. Oh, you think you're smart? Do you work in space for Cansoft.com? No, you don't. You're not that big of a deal. And that's what I thought this morning. Holy cronkamole, she's working on her PhD right now while doing all of the things. And I felt like an underperformer as I was listening to that podcast. I was like ready to grab a book and start like getting smarter because I felt dumber as I listened to that podcast. And that's what we should be doing. The three C's. You've got to be curious. You have to be curious about life. You have to be curious about how you can be better. You've got to be curious about the stones that are unturned. And then you've got to have some consistency where you consistently day after day pursue that curiosity that's going to take you in a direction that you're going to learn more about yourself and the world around you, putting in the extra into your ordinary life. And then the last C is contextuality or contextualizing who you are today versus who you were a year ago. And if you're looking at yourself a year ago and you're not thinking that dude sucked, well, you ain't extraordinary. You're ordinary. You're, you're pursuing an ordinary trajectory where year after year you're not getting better and it's not a standout moment for you to look back and think, who was that loser? That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pursue so hard that we crush our former self. And the only way you can understand whether you're doing that or not is by looking in the rearview mirror for context for about 12 months ago and strongly evaluating your performance today. So you need curiosity, you need consistency, and you need context. My context this morning was listening to two podcasts, shrugging my shoulders and thinking, dude, you got to pick up the pace. So I'm not immune to these thoughts. Everyone should be thinking these thoughts. And if you're not, you should be asking yourself why you aren't thinking these thoughts. Mm, that is very interesting. I'm going to come to you guys here in a second. I just want to hit on these uh, 
comments. Marcy jumps in here and says, Captain Aaron Ed Edwards. So, absolutely. Um, I'm going to reach out to her, see if we can't get her on the show. That'd be super cool. Uh, Salty Jinx jumps on here and says, uh, we're all just dudes doing dude things. You need to reach for something more than you. You need to be willing to give up large portions of comfort and time for something that doesn't benefit you. Dang, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, Satch, any thoughts on either the comments or what Sean was going over? You know, the last comment, can you bring it back up for a sec, please? <clears throat> Agree with all of that except the last part. It doesn't benefit you. Because I think it benefits you if you're seeking out all those things and discomfort and all the things that are associated to it. Because the you're delaying gratification for the greater good after. And that's what it's all about, man. I like it. I like it. Anything on uh, what Sean was talking about? Oh, he's right. I'm not going to disagree at all with that. It's like, yeah, I mean, I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm nothing every single day because I'm trying to track people that are so much better than me. Like I, this morning I was talking to Sean about Ehor. Just messaged him in his IG live. A guy who just, who's Ukrainian Canadian, lives in Chilliwack, just did the big backyard ultra in Tennessee and ran 108 laps, which is the equivalent to over 700 kilometers in five days. I thought that was pretty savage, man. And he didn't, you know, maybe slept like an hour through that entire time. And he got second. <laughs> the, the guy who won ran more than him. And he uh, he set the record. So, you know, I'm just trying to look at people like that. When I hear people like that, man, I'm, I suck. <laughs> I can't even, I, I don't know if I could do it, run five days straight, 100 miles a day. Come on, man, that's savage. That 100% savage. <laughs> Matt, you got any thoughts? Where where do we stop looking higher and above from where we are currently? Like if we all suck and we're in a, and, and we're looking higher, where does we stop thinking that and start actually like breaking down these sacrifices to not suck? Like where where is this magic line of grabbing that book and being more educated because you are inspired and not turning it into a self punishment? Being I am not and will never be that awesome. Where, where do you find your own pace? Where do you find your own self-comfort in your being in sacrifice? There question. isn't any self-comfort, man. <laughs> You're constantly pursuing it, man. Constantly yeah. getting after it every single day, man. It never ends. Yeah, if well, you're, there's, if comfort you're comfortable. Pursuing, there's comfort in pursue, uh, pursuing something, 100%. But I mean, when you are saying, oh, I'll never be that good to that person. Uh, like, I, never said that. I never said that. I, know, I never said that. That's what I'm saying. I'm just kind <laughs> okay. of re, re, you know, emphasizing. Okay. okay. Right? Yeah, when you, when you are comparing yourself to somebody else so much that you are defeating yourself by not pursuing your, your own excellence, where, yeah. where does that limit come? Well, I think, well, that's the problem, right? If you're looking at it saying like, oh, I'm not good enough. I could never do that. And you're quitting before you even start trying to do something. That's the, just the wrong way of thinking. But if you see someone, they inspire you to be like, man, I want to do that. Then you can get to work. I've said this before on other podcasts. I heard Cameron Haynes about three years ago talking about how he would run a marathon a day just to run train for a 200-mile race. I heard that two and a half years ago. I was like, I want to be able to run a marathon a day. And every single day since then, two years, I was trying to figure out how to run a marathon a day. And I just achieved it just in August. So for me, it's 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 a matter of, okay, not beating myself up, but thinking about, okay, how do I do that? And just start figuring out how to get there. Sean, thoughts? 
Yeah, I think uh, there's an important piece to what Matt said and to what Satch said. There's a middle ground there in the sense of, well, you know, if if all these high-performing people are doing X, Y, and Z, and I'm sitting at home shrugging my shoulders thinking, I can never do that. Yeah, you're right. You never can unless you achieve the middle ground between those two positions called action. It all falls apart when there's no action. The dissonance between, I want to be that, but I'll never be that, but I'll never start trying to be that. That's where things go wrong. You can think all the thoughts that you want, but you've got to put pedal to the metal. You've got to put rubber to the road. You've got to create action to see if your inner dialogue is right or not. And you know what? Once you start creating action against your inner dialogue, maybe your voice is telling you, I can't even walk around my block right now. Well, start walking. And if you get three quarters of the way around the block and you can't walk any further, well, guess what? Here's the good news. You can't do another quarter to get back to your house. You might have to do three quarters to get back to your house. Now you've done one and a half blocks. And so, you know, what we achieve or what we accomplish in life is what we tell ourselves we can achieve or accomplish in life. And so if we're telling ourselves that what's the point in even starting if I know that I'm going to never be what I want to be, well, that's a loser attitude. Change your attitude to, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to give it an effort. I'm going to commit to a full year of trying to be the best version of me as a macrame or as a runner or as a pogo champion, a pogo stick champion. I don't care what you're into. Walk around your block a hundred times. It doesn't matter what goal you're set for yourself. You will lose if you keep telling yourself that you are a loser and never do anything about it. I don't care what your inner voice is telling you right now. You are it until you disprove it to yourself. Because all of the words that are spinning around in your head, they're all real until you make them unreal through action. It's all about action. So many people I talk to throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year, hit me up and say, I don't, ha I don't know how to do dot, dot, dot. And nearly every single time, it's about cool story. I'm not interested in your story. I'm interested in your action. I'm interested in your outcomes that you've delivered for yourself last week and next week. What's your plan besides whining? I'm interested in your action. I'm interested in how far you walked around the block today, not your hour and a half story about how you don't think you can walk around the block. It's about action for me. And there's only so much I can put up with when I'm working with someone if they're not actioning what they're saying out loud to their interwebs, to themselves, to whatever. If there's a huge delta between I'm going to be the best dot, dot, dot in the world, but they've never left their house, it's hard to work with that because they're in a false sense of reality. And for me, I always challenge that false sense of reality with cool story, bro, but what did you do today? And what are you going to do tomorrow? Not think tomorrow, but do tomorrow. Oh, you're going to do that? Cool. Send me a video to demonstrate to me that you executed against that action thought. I need action. 
not words. And so that's what everyone should be should be pursuing on this subject, I feel. You know, I think this is where sacrifice comes in, <clears throat> is that when you, I mean, there's a great quote from, I believe it's Henry Ford, he said, if you believe you can or you can't, you're right. And it that's where the sacrifice comes in, is you actually have to give up those things. Uh, you have to give up those thought patterns and not just so much as like, oh, well, I'm not going to think like that tomorrow. No, you, you have to prove yourself that you're doing it anyway. I mean, throughout my, uh, throughout my whole <laughs> coming out of the military and being, well, and sucking, <laughs> like I, I was not a, a good person when I got out of the army to now, as Sean said earlier, I look back on that guy and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like, oh man, I, I was, I was in rough shape. And at the time, everything I believed was coming true, that I was incapable, that I was broken, that I was da da da, that I was blah. And I just continued the, uh, the narrative based on the fact that I was doing nothing. <laughs> and then once I actually started doing things, that was where everything started to change because I didn't like it anymore. And now I want to do different. Quick so, question for you then. Did at any point during that time, let's say when you're in your lowest of lows or whatever that means to you, your most inactive of inaction, did you ever like say to yourself, man, I'm a freaking loser? Uh, oh, yes. Many times. Okay. So you thought it, but then what did you do about it? I continued to do nothing. Okay. Well, okay. And then, so there was a point where I was, there was a point where I said, uh, I was talking down to myself and I believe... I told my psychologist about it and she was like, well, how is that possible? You're still, you're doing the walk for veterans. You're doing these things. You're, you're helping out your fellow man. You're, you're sacrificing your time for other people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, yeah, but that's just, that's just, that's not, that doesn't count when I'm sitting by myself and all the voices are in my head. And she's like, that does count because you are doing things physically doing things that are helping other people that you should be taking to yourself. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. And <laughs> it was through that little interaction that I started to realize that it was actually, it, it was the actions that I was taking that was gaining me the, the, the context to be able to look back on and say, oh, I am doing things and then working forward from there. So let me, ch let me challenge sure. you with something then. Okay. So when I hear that, all I hear is you were distracting yourself with external proxies to work on that stuff rather than working on yourself. So all of that stuff that you had externally, and when, when your therapist is saying, rah, rah, sis, boom, ba, chance, pearls, you're freaking killing it, but you're not. No. You're not at all. You're, your voice is still saying, I suck, because you're not working on yourself. You're not getting better internally. You're proxying it out externally. And so, you know, my advice to you would have been, well, Congratulations, you're the king of all of the charities. But how about Chance Burroughs? Let's talk about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Is that <clears throat> your thought? Yeah, man. I think, um, I, again, I can only really speak for myself. And I had a lot of the negative internal dialogue and conversations and thinking like I'm a loser and all the things, right? And I think um, for me, when I started kind of trying to make some improvements, those never went away. <laughs> They stayed there until I proved to myself over and over and over and over and over again 
that I wasn't those things by taking action day after day after day after day. And um, so for me, I had to ignore the voices despite what I still had to do. So I had these voices happening in my head. If I listened to them, I wouldn't have even taken a step. I had to ignore everything. And it only it took about two years for that voice to diminish, but it took that much effort that much work, that much proving to myself, not to anyone else, but to me, that I'm not those things that I was thinking. So it, um, so what I'm trying to say, I'm trying to say, if someone's trying to start on that path, those voices are gonna be there no matter what. You have to ignore the voices and continue um, forging ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And not just forging ahead, like demonstrating to yourself that you're not a loser. And, mm -hmm. and and I mean that that's such a harsh term, you know, like, dude, you're a loser, you're a loser, he's a loser, she's a loser. Like it's a really harsh term. But like I'm using that term specifically to like shake some people up out there and and have them question their own internal voice. Like if you're saying that, man, I'm a freaking loser the way I'm running my life, that should be like fireworks shooting off in the background with F-16 jets crossing in midair for the wake-up call as to I can do something about that. I am not suggesting that it's a static position. I'm stating that it is a recognition within yourself that you can freaking do better. And then it's just action every day, as Satch said, just it's not even a matter of ignoring the voices inside your head. It's about defeating the voices through action. Because you can, you can kid yourself, man. You can be in your head thinking, I'm a freaking loser, but today I'm going to be better through inaction. And then a year later, there's nothing has changed externally. Nothing has changed internally, except over a period of a year, maybe you've lied to yourself that, man, I freaking cracked it out of the park this year through telling myself that I'm not a loser. That, that's not true. The only way to evaluate whether you improved in life or not is to contextualize it against who you were a year ago or who you were a month ago or however you want to evaluate your milestones. It's up to you to keep an eye on you. And guess what? You're not alone in this journey. There's people all around you that can recognize when you're, when you're doing well and when you're not doing well. And I'm not talking about at a granular level. I'm talking about a casual observation from a distance, reaching out to a buddy and saying, Bro, pick up the pace or whatever you need to say in order to encourage someone to get out of their head and start putting rubber to the road, as it were. I have an interesting thought, but Matt, you got any uh, points? No, it just kind of it goes back to the old saying that um, belief alters perception and perception affects reality. And if you believe um, the thing you see your changes, that's going to make you a better person. Right. And with your with your things chance where you're helping everyone else you are not seeing you're not perceiving the benefits and you are not applying them to yourself uh you are not affecting your own reality you're affecting other people's realities absolutely that goes to my thought too is the fact that you know we we see we see titles and we see accomplishments and we see you know big things around you talked about cam haynes or um you know the guy that you were talking to just did this massive ultra marathon we're talking about uh, Captain Edwards and, you know, all the crazy things she's doing. Awesome. These are all awesome things. They're all 
outstanding accomplishments. But that's, that is what they wanted to do. Right. So if you want to be a better person, you don't have to go run an ultra marathon. That doesn't make you a good person. Right? That doesn't make you a better human. You don't have to be a space shuttle door gunner. Right. You, you can be the best father you want to be. You can be the fittest guy in the neighborhood and then you can be the fittest guy in the city and then you can be the fittest. And like you can you can start with just being and I say just but like being a good dad is hard. <laughs> It's not an easy but, but why but why minimize it? Why start small, man? Why not shoot for the stars right off the get-go and, and set a target for something that's so amazing? And then if you're confident that you're gonna work towards it, why why start with a small one? Why say, Oh, I'll be just um I'll be a good uh, neighbor? Well, forget that. I wanna be the best. <laughs> why would you wanna like why do we wanna be average, man? I I I, I don't know. I I, I don't think that way. I'm not seeing, I'm not saying average. I'm saying better, right? That better, better yourself, better where you are, better what you want to do. So you're in your position right now, better for you is a, a longer marathon or a longer run or, uh, you know, no, the better for me, better for me is finding the best person on the planet and chasing it. There you go. And for but, some, but people, that's what, but that's what that, so like when you say jujitsu, I suck at jujitsu, but in context to the best person on the planet right so that's how, that's my context if i go to a jiu-jitsu school with you know maybe some people that aren't that experienced i'm probably decent but i'm comparing myself to the best so i suck all the time and i'm trying to chase that all the time so i think it, maybe there's um it's helpful to have a frame of reference because like so for me i I need a frame of reference to be able to contextualize what I need to achieve and how to achieve it. And if I'm just saying, oh, I just want to be the best, you know, neighbor, well, compared to who? <laughs> compared to what person? How do I figure that out? How do I become better? How do I get to that point? Is that's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's a great question. Matt, got any thoughts? I think it's all in context too. Um, like being your best neighbor, obviously you're <laughs> comparing it to the rest of your neighbors in your neighborhood. Like there has to be boundaries and limits and scale that you can judge yourself off. Same thing as walking into a jiu-jitsu uh, gym where either it's better than you or not better than you. And then that puts you in your standing in the middle, in the middle of the field, right? Um, for me, it's when I'm going into a kitchen. If I go into a kitchen and it's a functioning thing, I know I'm like line cook number three. Like that's my soul. I know that. But it's not going to stop me from, you know, helping blind cook number 16 who doesn't know better i'm still going to bring up people and you know push myself in that position it doesn't mean i'm going like taking over the executive chef's role and start expoing you know line the food off the line i'm going to be the best i am in my position and aim higher 100 i'm going to aim higher you know i'm going to shoot for every moon in the sky and hit every star behind it you know because that's just what i want to do as well but it doesn't mean i'm not going to be in the moment in the present helping those around me even if it's let's put it this way a sacrifice for me moving up higher to bring other people up that's an interesting point too sean thoughts i think that uh to both fellas points we have to identify our high water mark that we're pursuing and that high water mark is not carved in stone because the moment that you start approaching it, there's a new high water mark that you're pursuing. But to that end, 
as you're moving down that trajectory, you've always got to contextualize where you were a year ago. And so whether it's Satch or Matt that we're talking about, either guy, they can look back over the last 12 months and think, that chef sucked, or that runner sucked. And, and I mean, though, that's a harsh word, sucked. Because I think what happens out there a lot is people delicately bring down the impact of the moment by saying, oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Maybe you're a little uncomfortable uh, looking back over your last year. That, that ain't strong enough for me. You should be looking back and thinking, that dude sucked. And I ain't going to let that happen again. But then, you know, a year later... You're looking back and thinking, that dude sucked. And I said that I wouldn't suck a year later. I mean, you've got to keep yourself honest by using words that hold you accountable. And a word that doesn't hold you accountable is live, laugh, love. And I mean, it's a great phrase. It makes everyone feel a little bit better about their current existence. And I think it's important. Live, laugh, love. Get, get your freak on with your live, laugh, love. Good. That is a good direction to go. But don't use live, laugh, love to wipe away all of your problems from the past, the present, or the future. Live, laugh, love is a quaint statement that doesn't remove your inaction. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have a couple more comments here. I just want to touch on uh, military transition engagement and partnerships. Good to see you. Says uh, law enforcement and Canadian Armed Forces veteran role models like all of you are on the panel today. Foster hope and stimulate inspiration for those who don't yet believe in themselves. Hmm? Yeah, absolutely. Salty Jinx said, I think it's about the intent, identifying the decision points for each goal and adjusting your actions to reach each point on your way to that larger goal. It's a mindset and drive thing, personally. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, and I have, I have a question on that. It, Kind of along with what I was saying earlier, but the um, the idea that our our personal drive or our personal um, what's the word you use all the time, Sean? I'm losing it. Um, amplitude or speed, velocity. There we go. Um, our personal velocity is going to be different, and looking at other people's velocity may seem odd or off or um, hard to understand. To, to drive people to, say, pick up the pace to a little bit so that, you know, maybe I, I want to be a good dad, but I'm putting it at a, at a one, <laughs> right, on my velocity level. That's not going to make me a better dad by the time my kids are old enough. But if I jack it all the way up to 10, then I'm going to have to make some sacrifices to be the better dad. So I'm wondering, in terms, do you think that that velocity scale could be like the, the sacrifice, what you're, or be the moniker of sacrifice let's say uh satch what do you think yeah man i think that's a good question i think um <clears throat> if you're gonna try to pick up the pace or the velocity i think certain things have to be changed or amended so that you can continue moving that fast or that quickly um i'm all about velocity at you know as fa as as much as you can go as fast as you can go and as much effort as you can uh, put into it i'm all about it so yeah i mean there are sacrifices in that area but i don't feel them as sacrifices maybe some people around me might think they're sacrifices so you know maybe relationships you know friendships things like that become um you know 
I don't, I don't want to say sacrifices, but they become a bit different because if someone's trying to do something with a velocity that's so, you know, 15 out of 10, you know, it becomes a little bit unrelatable, I guess. And um, so maybe there's a, I don't know, I don't want to say negative, but maybe there's like one point there that might affect some people, depending on the velocity that you put something in. Absolutely. Matt, thoughts? No, I think the velocity uh, is relevant to what you're actually trying to pursue. And uh, I think going personally, and personally, I think going 110% is going to make burnout, plain and simple. And it's not going to give you a chance to look around. And I know Sean's just like rolling his eyes right now, but I think that you actually have to be able to fluctuate your velocity into a task. I think you can go 115, 120, but I also think you have to dial it down to 70 and review and reflect and seeing how your actions are impacting those around you, right? Either as positive or negative. Kind of going with Satch saying about, you know, leaving people behind. And you're right. Like I've left people behind in a heartbeat because they were not up to my speed and they couldn't keep up. And it wasn't a negative thing. It was just like I had to sacrifice that for the pace that I needed my velocity for success to as well. And that's just not even just like professional career or anything. That was just in life. That was just like, dude, you cannot be on the same level as me. And I am sorry. We just have to keep on going. For me, it's, it's adapting. It's adapting to what's currently going on and bringing her down to 70%, taking it up to 120, but always keeping moving forward, never in reverse, keep it going forward. Cause we don't have a reverse. Honestly, time keeps on going. We keep on aging forward and one day we're going to die. And when I die, I want to make sure that I'm, I kept a good damn solid pace. Bam. John thoughts. Well, we don't disagree on that, Matt. I think that uh, that rotary dial that I often refer to, I sometimes say it's an 11 out of 10, nearly always. But I do move that rotary dial based on what's going on in my life. And uh, that's a really important aspect of having balance. And we've talked about this uh, over the last several days. What is balance? Are we talking about balance in our life, in our work, in, our, in this and in that? Or are we talking about harmony, harmony within our various silos of our existence and et cetera? We've had fairly extensive conversations on that topic, but... For me, it comes down to, as, as has been used as the common term, the, the velocity. And so my velocity doesn't have to be anyone else's velocity. And my velocity of today doesn't have to be exactly the same tomorrow for me. And so for anyone who's contextualizing how to be better in life, how to be more awesome in life, there's going to be sacrifices to improve your life. Because you're trying to change your life in a way of betterment, which means that you've typically got to leave old habits behind or old patterns behind, form new positive patterns in order to improve. Those are sacrifices to some degree. They're not sacrifices over the long term because, of course, you're getting better. They're, they're little blips on the radar, barely even on the radar, of the, the sacrifices of today tiny little sacrifices and tiny little ways to improve your life today, which builds on itself day after day until a year later, you can contextualize and think, who was that goof? Who was that clown from a year ago who didn't have his act together? I can, there's <laughs> maybe every year I've been able to look back and say that to myself, who was that goof who just didn't have his act together? I don't think any of us will ever have our acts together completely. 
But I think what we should do is pursue having our acts together enough that it encourages other people to get their acts together. And so when I die, I'm sure I'll be immensely regretful for all of the balls that I dropped. But it's, it's a case of I did my best. Certainly in the last half of my life, I've been trying to get better and better at doing my best. And by doing that, by trying to do my best, it reduces the regret. And I think that that's kind of pivotal to our conversation today of what is sacrifice in this uh, specific instance. Whether you want to sacrifice your day-to-day -to, -day to try and improve for tomorrow in the long term, or whether you just want to kind of kick it back and just let it all unfold and have many regrets later. It, there's no working around it. If you, live an, if you live a lazy life, you're going to have regrets in your older life. At least that's what I've found. And not just within my own life, but in speaking with many people. It's the best gift you can give to yourself in the latter half of your life is to start doing better now for yourself and your fellow man so that you don't have those regrets. I'm hitting the wrong buttons. Apologies. Yeah, the... Um... I could not agree more. Satch, you got any thoughts on that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, I agree. I sound like a broken record. Sound like you now, Chance. I'm agreeing with Sean all over two seconds. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, I guess the regrets are always going to be there, but, and I have a bunch of them. And, um, but again, like Sean said, you, you do your best every single day so that you can uh, outweigh those regrets with more positive things and just kind of keep uh, moving in a direction that's positive and helpful for the people around you and um, inspiring maybe to some others. So try to expand that footprint as much as you can. I like it. I like it. Matt, any thoughts on that? No, I think that's pretty much, yeah, I think we're dialing in on that one. We're like, there is that, that like, you have to, you have to strive to be better every day. I mean, it's, and I know it's hard and I know like the, the demons speak to you and, you know, they say, no, you can't and stuff. I've been there too, but you even, even listening or not listening to them for a day, that's moving forward and moving forward and giving up something to be better makes you a better person, which makes the people around you better people. And they see that you're improving, that's going to inspire too. I think that's something we really haven't talked to about much today, was that we have, like I brought up, it's kind of my fault too, but we're always looking at very high peak, right? We are looking forward up at the high peak. But there's dudes underneath us looking at us, and we are their high peak. And they are striving to be something like us. So what is our obligation? What are we sacrificing do we sacrifice for them or do we just keep on moving forward and say, keep up if you can? That is an excellent question. Saj, come back to you. What do you think? I think we are helping them by striving for betterment for ourselves and everyone around me and you and everyone else. So I think like um, we're doing people a disservice if, if we're at a stage in our lives where we feel like we can do better and we're not, then we're doing a disservice to everyone around us because then we can show what's possible. Like we can show through our actions what is achievable. And that's the fundamental, at least for me, the fundamental understanding of leadership is lead by example and do, do your best so others can be inspired. 
Sean, thoughts? I agree. In fact, we can use this podcast as a case study in respect to what we're talking about. I mean, everyone knows my deal. I didn't want to do this. But when I started doing it, I freaking stunk up the place. I was the worst, possibly, on the entire planet, maybe. And I started off bad, and I got worse. Because here's my deal. In order for me to understand how to do it better, I typically have to break things. I typically have to step outside of the box and do it in a way that I feel no one has ever done it. And for me to do it, I have to get a bit rough with the process. So that was me for quite a few months. Now I understand things a little bit better. Now I'm a bit more comfortable. Now I'm in my groove to some degree. But as, as we push forward with the collective and as we push forward with this digital presence, for lack of a better term, do you know what's happened? And we all know what's happened. I've been encouraging people to get in front of their microphone, to start their podcast, to buy their equipment. And I know it sucks having to spend money to do this kind of stuff, but you know, it's good because it's starting to build on itself by demonstrating over here every single freaking day since Jan 1 that you can consistently execute against a thing that you've said you will. And when people start seeing it play out in for reals, where the rubber literally met the road, deeds not words, when they see that, it gives them a certain conviction that they too can do it. I mean, I've lost count of how many people have started podcasting now that I know as friends or acquaintances or remote connections that are doing it because we're doing it. It's encouraging to others. And so through our simple actions and not even demanding everyone to get on podcasts, not even encouraging it like really hard, but just actions will have people sway their calibration to a more positive forward trajectory. And so leadership by example does work. Actions, not thoughts, do work. People understand after a period of time what is going on. They can see it for what it is and they can get behind it because they know it's a good thing. But what people struggle to get behind is words. Just thoughts, but no deeds. It's got to play out in the real world so that it can be observed as wins and losses, failures and victories. Sean sucked for three quarters of a year. Now he's a bit better. Okay, there's hope for me. That's what we're supposed to do is push our chips in and say, deal me a hand and then play the cards that you got as best as you can. And hopefully you win, but you might not, but that's okay. There'll be another round of cards just after that. And you might be starting with zero chips at that point. Can you lend me a chip so I can come in on this hand and maybe you win a little bit. And you know who you're borrowing that chip from? You'll borrow it from me. Cause if you reach out to me and say, dude, I'm struggling, I'll, I'll lend you a chip. We'll figure it out. You and I will get together and figure out a forward trajectory for you to start playing your next hand. But you got to play the game, not think about, I wish I had a hand. I hope that makes sense. I think the key thing there is that you also, you got to pay to play. <laughs> like you got, and we've talked about this before many times. And I, uh, 
I just have a couple of comments here I want to touch on as we go. Salty says, uh, I paraphrase it by saying, stand up, move forward, and choose to be unstoppable. And I, I think this goes along with what you said uh, the other day, Sean. I think I clipped it into a thing where you were saying that uh, the no-quit mindset is it's not that you're not going to quit tactically in this moment on this particular thing. It's that you're not going to quit long-term. You're just going to keep freaking going over and over and over. Uh, Marcy jumps in here, says, uh, perhaps a disservice to those who paid the ultimate sacrifice uh, and are not here anymore to strive for greatness. That's what motivates me to honor a legacy. Yeah, I think... Uh, that That's a really strong motivator for me. Yeah. And I know we don't talk about it often enough over here, but it's, it, I'm, I don't want to say what my strongest motivator is because I'm not even sure I know myself, but what Marcy just said is one of my strongest motivators to live a good life for those who can't live that life anymore. What the heck, man? We all understand this sentence. We all understand what Marcy just said, but how do we lose sight of it? I mean, is it something that we're just remembered of once a year? right around November 11th. Why can't we all keep a, a grip on this on the daily? I do feel that it's our responsibility to remind people of these kind of things from time to time. Uh, something that I also wanted to state was um, David Z, Doc, uh, mm. Doc D. Uh, he'd said something in a, in a podcast with us and uh, he actually referred to me when he said, be undeniable undeniable man I, I really like that you know the the idea that you can be undeniable in your actions undeniable as a person undeniable in your conviction undeniable in your trajectory undeniable in the moment the only way that you can feel that way is to like get in the game of being undeniable otherwise you're just denying yourself of your undeniability mm, that's a great point Sash, you got a thought on that at all Yeah, <clears throat> it's a good point, man. And uh, I, it's funny that you mentioned undeniable because I've been thinking about that exact word um, for the last few days, and as it relates to my daughter playing soccer, and making it uh, making this um, different level team, and it came down to helping her over the last little while with certain skills, not to highlight her over anyone else, but just making it so when she got on the pitch that she was undeniable and people would be like, okay, yeah, we gotta, we gotta take her. So that's kind of, it's funny that you mentioned the word because I've been thinking that way, even with uh, anything that I do, when I used to compete in bodybuilding, I didn't want any stone unturned. So when I would step on stage, even when I walked on stage, I wanted it to be undeniable that who the person one was without even making, uh, flexing a pose. Like before you even pose, you want, you want to know who's won the race or the, sh the show or whatever it was. So anyways, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, any thoughts? Uh, just going back to that, that the quote about the um, remembering those who gave the ultimate sacrifice and how you said, or how Sean said, um, why, why do we have to spend like one day a year remembering this? And I think maybe it's because people haven't had that big of a sacrifice. I don't know the ultimate sacrifice, but not, but I've lost friends to the ultimate sacrifices. I've lost comrades. I've lost, you know, family members. Maybe other people haven't gone to that. So they haven't, they haven't reached that level of sacrifice to think that it's that important to give, to push every day because of that. 
that's just kind of what I'm thinking in that regards. Yeah. Because you, you're right. The remembering once a year thing is, is not, it is a disservice. Like I'm just rereading it right now. It is a disservice. And it's, that doesn't have to be people who've been in the military police force or any, that kind of service industry. It can be, you know, your buddy who down the road surrendered to an addiction, right? And then he lost his life, you know, maybe you, from that lesson, you can keep on remembering and pushing further for other people into greatness. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, you got any uh, thoughts on that? And then we can wrap I her up. I do. I think I want to give credit where credit is due. And I started thinking this way quite a few years ago. And it was from something that Jocko Willink had put down. And it was very early in Jocko's podcasting career where he um, he was he was like bungee cording his phone to a tree up on the mountain biking trails kind of thing. He started off a bit rough as well. And so um, it was a reference to Mark Lee, I believe. And uh, he, I, I don't even remember exactly what Jocko said, but it was a post and it was in reference to, I'm going to live a full life because they can't live a full life. Something like that. And, and I might have botched it because it was a many, many years ago. But for some reason, it really stood out to me. Like, it was really impactful. Just like what Marcy just stated, it's really impactful, man. And I think that from time to time, we're supposed to be reminded of these things. And not just once a year, not at the Sanitaph. That's a time. That's a singular time. And that isn't enough. The, the conversation needs to be had on a more regular basis. But not like beating it into the masses every single day with a war drummer, with a billboard, or with flashing disco ball sort of look at me i need to tell you something but these are things that we should probably inject on a more frequent basis over here on the collective just to remind everyone that the solo journey that you're on is available to you based on the sacrifices made for the people who aren't on that journey anymore absolutely <clears throat> and i think so i'm gonna do this one comment, and then we'll do some final thoughts. But uh, Salty kind of sums it up pretty well here. And he says, the effects of indirect mentorship are amazing. And the collective is a perfect example of that. It's more than just deeds, not words. It's cultivating an attitude of we dare and perpetuating it. And I could not agree more. This is exactly what it is. And living a life of we dare, deeds, not words, any of these things, you, it's it's something that you have to live. It's not something that you can just say. And uh, with that, let's get some final thoughts. We'll shut her down for the afternoon. Matt, I'm going to come to you first. Anything at all? What do you got on your head? No, I like I love that love that last line. Is that you know the attitude of we dare? And I think more people need to have that. And um, I pr I made my points on sacrifice. And you know I think my big takeaway is actually the velocity thing. Um, I think it was a good conversation today. I think that a lot of people really have to, uh, really have to take a look at themselves and see where they are on the spectrum of awesomeness and see if they are in a suck stage and how to get out of it and who is above them and how, if that person can help them go that way too as well. Absolutely. Satch, final thoughts? Yeah, Salty just <laughs> dropped it, man. That was awesome. I like the we dare, man. <laughs> And I, it's almost like it speaks to me so much. We dare and deeds, not words, because I, I, I've been applying those two things over the last couple of years because I just want to keep grinding forward and, and showing actions versus uh, just talking a big game. But anyways, having said that, um, 
Yeah, it's been a great chat today, man, and, and, and talking about sacrifice and the culture of sacrifice and what it means to us. And hopefully we've shared some wisdom with some people and hopefully, uh, you know, perhaps some people might take some actions to create a culture of sacrifice in their communities around them. So good. I like it. I like it. John, final thoughts? Well, I'd be remiss not to throw in the third motto. My three favorite mottos are deeds, not words, who dares wins, and rangers lead the way. Those are my three mottos. I said that, I've been saying that before the collective, but I did say that early on in the phase of the collective when we actually talked about having a mantra, having a phrase that you can trajectorize your life behind. Just a simple phrase can change your life if you put some action to the phrase. You know another good phrase that came out of today? Don't deny yourself of your undeniability. Because that's what you're doing if you simply buy into your own nonsense of you're a loser. Don't deny yourself of how awesome you can be. Change that word, I'm a loser, into I'm a winner through action today. Get off the couch or whatever it is that you're doing right now that has you in a funk or makes you feel like you're not smashing, not winning, not crushing. Whatever it takes, three quarters of the walk around a block, if that's what it is, well, go freaking put your running shoes on and start walking. And then drop me a video about you walking around the block or shoot me a DM and say, dude, I just smashed out half my block. I'll be your biggest fan if you're putting your rubber to the road, if you're pulling the trigger on action. I will raw, raw, sis, boom, ba you for the rest of this year if you can turn that three-quarter block into a full block. It's action that I love, not words. Words are empty. Deeds are the only thing that count as far as I'm concerned. So go chase something down, smash it today, and I'll thank you for it. I like it. I like it a lot. The uh, the thing has been kind of bubbling in my head since you mentioned it earlier, Sean. But you know, if you go back to January one and you watch our videos from there, and you watch today's, and you can see the contextual difference, and you can go, "Oh man, oh man," because <laughs> it it's been interesting as I have been uploading all of the new seasons up or all of the uh, previous shows up it's distinct the difference it is a distinct it is and and i don't want to gloss over what you're about to say which i'm sure is going to be an amazing outro but i did say it yesterday Mm -hmm. during the podcast live to everyone out there who's listening i understand how much we've improved because i contextualize i stated it yesterday categorically that freaking chance burrows is cracking it out of the park right now. He's made such a massive improvement from January 1st to now. And I'm not going to let that gloss over. I'm going to call it out for what it is. A freaking winning mindset now. It wasn't on January 1st. Chance didn't have a winning mindset. But he does now. And the results are showing up. He's now kind of undeniable in his role here on this podcast. Who would I, 
If I had to replace Chance Burles today, who would I replace him with? I don't know. I actually don't have a great plan B. Plan A is Chance Burles getting better by tomorrow. Because that's what we do. We pursue betterment. He, I'm hoping that next week he looks back at this week and thinks, I could have done it way better last week. That's what I expect of myself. That's what I expect of those around me. If you're on Team Freak Train, choo-choo. You'll be better by tomorrow. But you gotta do the work. If you want to be undeniable, go put your running shoes on and go kick that ass. Your ass. We need that as a t-shirt. Team right? Freak Train. Choo-choo. <laughs> choo-choo. You want to join the Freak Train? Choo-choo. I like it. I, I'm not going to uh, go on any diatribes. I had a little outro, but I'm not going to run with it. So I'm going to say learn, build, grow. Every day, every moment, do your best. We'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo.